welcome to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm your host, Lou Rosenfeld. And I always say it, but I always believe it. This podcast series is about uh, pulling together all the blind men who are trying to figure out the elephant. If you know anything about Rosenfeld Media, you know our, our logo is centered on an elephant. Anyway, let me introduce our guest today, Denise Jacobs. Hello, Denise. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. A lot of you know Denise. She's the author of Banish Your Inner Critic, founder and CEO of the Creative Ghost, uh, an organization that's looking into new approaches that can be turned into actionable ideas and really helping people find their place in the sun. Denise is known as uh, a guru of creativity. Uh, I hope it's okay if I use that word. Sure. And uh, I will also um, say that you know, I've gotten to know Denise a bit over the, over the last year or two, and she's also a like an incredibly positive, like like a form of tangible sunlight. And yet, we were just talking before the show started, and we're recording this on uh, January fourteenth, twenty twenty-one, and we're just shaking our heads, and it's hard to feel really positive, much less creative at the moment. Or motivated. It's really hard to feel motivated. Every time I have a, a, a company stand-up for Rosenville Media, it's like, let's first say or acknowledge how crappy we're all feeling and how <laughs> distracted we're all feeling. And yet we, per- we persist somehow. And yet we persist. Yes. Indeed. Well, you know, so... We thought it would be interesting to talk about creativity under the um, incredible pressure, not only of working fully remotely, which pretty much all of us are doing, or most of us at least listening to this podcast, but also in a moment where you, you just literally are wondering, is everything on fire and is there a future? Are, are more shoes going to drop? Exactly. Are we- are we in Imelda Marcos's closet of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of shoes that can be dropped? <laughs> well, and so um, one of the reasons I wanted to have Denise on right now is um, she's teaching a workshop for us, a virtual workshop in February. It's, yes. it's place over, it's, it's a 10-hour workshop, basically mm-hmm. a full-day workshop in, in pre-2020 speak. Um, but it takes place in three segments on February 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. The workshop is master, uh, master Creative Collaboration and Communication. Yes. And it's a virtual workshop that um, we've been, this is probably the 15th virtual workshop we've done in the last 10 months. And we're getting really good, folks. Um, it's not all Zoom fatigue, just like our conferences. They're really getting great at fighting Zoom fatigue. And Denise is someone who uh, you'd be really, it's on you, you're feeling fatigued, <laughs> Denise at the other end, no pressure, Denise. But we also thought, and I'm going to let Denise talk in a moment, believe it or not, but we also were talking about the fact that, you know, this is like such a difficult time. And and I wonder, Denise, if you're going to be um, rethinking to some degree how you frame a workshop uh, with this second challenge of the world on fire on top of the whole issue of fully remote in those two areas and, and their impact on creativity and collaboration. Well, so one of the things that I've, I've discovered 
just in the past week through running a one of the a master class that I I run that's called Amplify You, uh, cultivating career confidence. One of the things I discovered is that people don't want to be doom scrolling for all the live long day, right? Like people want something positive. Um, something engaging, something that kind of puts them back in a frame of mind that is more of a, for lack of a better term, more of a normal uh, work frame of mind. So one of the things I think is going to be really beneficial about the workshop, uh, and I'm knocking on wood that um, things won't be completely on fire, is um, is that it'll be a really nice, I think it'll be a great opportunity for people to um, expand their knowledge base, um, expand their skill set, and to be able to actually be inspired by um, and kind of motivated by creativity, creative collaboration, um, using new different tools um, to figure out how to kind of put add a little bit of extra life from this working at home environment, right? I mean, I think one of the things that and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Lou, but one of the things that I think we really have struggled with over this period of time during the pandemic is connection, is working together. Like, yes, we work through Zoom and and yes, we have this, but people still, I think, still feel this, this sense of disconnection, right? And still feel the sense of isolation. And I feel like having tools for being able to collaborate, to be able to collaborate well in general, but then to be able to collaborate well in a virtual environment are really important. And I also think equally as important is the uh, is the ability to be able to tap into creativity and then kind of leverage and expand collective creativity. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, fortuitously enough, that is what I will be focusing on in the workshop. So I'm actually, I'm really excited um, because also to break it up into three segments like that is going to make it just these nice digestible, you know, accessible pieces. And, and, and they're just, and they're a lot of fun. Even virtually, I still am able to work in a lot of experiential exercises. It's just, it's fun. So I have a, a question for you about creativity for creative people. Mm. I think the people who <laughs> we certainly generally reach uh, uh, would come under that moniker that no one really likes of quote creatives. And we do think of ourselves in design and research as creative in, in certain ways. We take a lot of pride in it, however. Um, it's difficult sometimes to um, to do it for yourself. Like a lot of us, we used to helping other people unlock their creativity, but you know it's hard to practice what you preach because you're too close to it, and you're obviously too close to yourself. And I'm wondering if your students, or just you and in, in your work, are finding that. Um, there's new sources of inspiration for how to be creative in these times. Like do your students find, let's say, what they encounter as parents and how they have to be creative in that setting, carrying over 
in the design context, or for example, what they witness with their kids' teachers or their congregation's ministers. Uh, I went to a virtual funeral just on Wednesday while the Capitol was being overwhelmed. Didn't realize wow. what wow. a day it was. And, uh, and it was really an amazing experience. Why so? Why was it amazing? Well, we couldn't be there, but we were there. Mm. And there was sort of an interesting interlocution by the rabbi in terms of being there for the family who was there in person and breaking through the, the fourth wall, in a sense, to the people who were there on, by Zoom. Mm. And it was, uh, you know, it wasn't earth shattering, but it was interesting. And it mm -hmm. made me think a lot. And I'm on Zoom all day and I'm involved in conferences. And it seems like every day I'm, I have some group of people on Zoom, mm -hmm. my company. And yet um, it was really interesting to see it through these different lens that I, hmm. you know, where somebody else was the facilitator. Right, right. So, so back to your question, like, how are you, are you saying, like, how can people kind of translate creativity into their everyday lives? Or are you saying, how can people who are professional creatives, how can they make sure that creativity kind of goes back into their lives on a personal level and feeds them? A little different, uh, more of the, that, that, that the group of people who are you know, creative for a living mm -hmm. may not feel creative at the moment, but it could be that they are encountering creativity in remote contexts outside of work that they can learn from because it's, it's so hard. We've, like, we've been working at this to be creative in our work for 10 months now fully remote, many of us even longer than that. And maybe it's, it's like we're too close to it, but looking at how people in other contexts are, are managing the creative remotely may be beneficial to us. You know, I, I think that, that I don't know if I necessarily see such a, a, a distinct boundary between I'm creative at work, but then I don't see how, like, one of the things one of the things that i i kind of love about the work that i do is i incorporate something that's called applied improvisation and that's using improv improv techniques and practices into training and facilitation it's fantastic but one of the things i love about it was i actually did learn improv like actually performance improv and one of the things you realize when you learn improv is that your whole life is improv. Like everything that you do almost at any point in time is improv. You literally, if last week's uh, events are any indication, you literally don't know what's going to come next. And then you respond to it. And so to think that creativity is this like, I'm practicing it in my job and I don't know how, it's like we're constantly using creativity that's one of the things that i that makes me kind of one of the reasons why i'm a creativity evangelist quote unquote is because i'm trying to open up people to realizing that first of all you're creative 
whether or not you it's something you say as part of your job or you think that you are, you're creative in some way. The trick is knowing how how you're creative, not if you're creative, mm-hmm. and then expanding how you're creative, right? And so I would imagine that creative professionals, and especially in kind of the UX design, design world, et cetera, are constantly, are particularly adept at creative problem solving, full stop. Not just creative problem solving design issues or design challenges or experience issues and experience challenges, but in creative problem solving period, right? They're particularly adept in these areas, but then that, that, that follows through, that bleeds over into everything. And so I think what I'm kind of more concerned with is making sure that as creatives in these unprecedented, unprecedented and what I would, you know, actually add at this point, somewhat trying times, is that we fall back on our ability and our kind of uh, penchant for creativity, that we use that to fill ourselves up and to replenish ourselves so that we have something that we can, so that we can keep showing up, so that we can keep being motivated, so we can keep doing the work that we're doing, so that we can keep doing the creative problem solving that we're so good at, um, and so that we can actually even use that moving forward to potentially solve bigger issues because obviously there's some major social issues that need to be addressed and that's going to take creativity right yeah, to solve and a lot of energy I like a lot of energy point because I think sometimes it's easy to forget prior to remember perhaps that a lot of the our challenges are totally correlated to the energy you have and you can acquire you're listening to the Roosevelt Review. We're going to be back after this break when we're talking with Denise Jacobs. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want more, not only do we have a whole bunch of podcasts in our archive, but we have something that's very current, very alive, and very engaging for groups. And that is our communities. Rosenfeld Media runs a variety of communities that meet on a monthly basis for video conferences on a variety of topics near and dear to UX people, ranging from enterprise experience to advancing research to design and research operations. I want to encourage you to join one of our communities. Again, it is free by going to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. Not only will you get a monthly video conference that you can listen in on and participate in, ask questions and so forth. We'll give you access to the recordings. And uh, for some of those communities, we're talking about dozens of recordings with really interesting presenters and facilitators. You'll also get a newsletter. You'll get access to an advice columnist. Yes, we actually are providing advice columnists for each community. And finally, if you're interested in our conferences, our communities correspond to our conferences. So you will be the first to know when programs, uh, when programs go live, uh, when tickets go on sale, and by the way, most of our conferences sell out, and other good things about our conferences, such as uh, 
when the scholarship applications open up. So go to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. You're gonna find something that's free, something that's interesting, and it's a great opportunity to find your tribe as well. We'll see you there. Welcome back to the Rosenfeld Review. Um, the host, Lee Rosenfeld, uh, with my wonderful guest, Denise Jacobs. We were just talking before the break about the role of energy that we often take for granted and how you get energy and how, especially in times like these, where we are feeling particularly drained and demoralized, where does energy come from? Yeah. Is that something you'll cover in the workshop? And, and uh, well, it, it certainly is now. Usually, um, I, it's not something that I typically cover in the workshop, but it certainly is, like you said, germane. It's one of my favorite uh, words. Um, it's definitely um, salient and re relevant to the times we're in now because this is definitely a time where energy is kind of at a premium and it's just getting sucked out of us in so many ways. So. So, yeah, so I feel like one of the things, again, one of the things that's beneficial about the workshop and just about the work that I do in general is that creativity is energizing. Well, it's one of the things that I, one of the things that drew me to doing this work in the first place, um, and that was that I had this amazing epiphany um, it, and this amazing experience when I finally got over my inner critic when I was uh, writing my first book, The CSS Detective Guide, way back in the ancient times. Um, <laughs> and when I had this, I had this amazing flow state that I got in. And one of the things that was so phenomenal about it was that I, I felt so energized that I actually felt energy flowing through me like I was like this channel and I could just feel energy flowing through me and I feel like when you do something that's creative or when you get in a flow state that's what happens like it it gives you energy it it you lose time and you get into this kind of exalted other realm and when you come back out of it it's like how did I spend five hours doing that without eating, without wanting to have to use a bathroom? Like, how did I, how did I do that? And so, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I love about working with creativity is that every single person can relate to having been in a flow state of some sort at some point in time. Every single person when I talk about that, they go, oh, yeah, it's timeless. It's this. You feel invincible. You feel energized. Every single person. And so, you know, I feel kind of honored and, and excited to be able to share, to first of all, like be able to, you know, hang out with folks and go over these, these you know, share these tools and these exercises, um, but also that people, generally speaking, end up leaving my workshops feeling energized and inspired because because I think of the nature of the of the topic itself and because I'm fun. <laughs> I'm glad you're um, giving special consideration to the uh, transaction of energy in mm -hmm. the workshop. Uh, 
us in February. Uh, what, what are the other basics that uh, an attendee might expect? So, um, so we'll be talking about, so this is kind of based on this, uh, this process or kind of structure that I've come up with for creative collaboration. And the first one is that we're going to focus on unblocking. So recognizing your blocks to collaboration. And those are like the mental blocks that get in the way of creativity for, you know, each person to actually learn how to trust their own creativity and then kind of looking at um, experimentation and being comfortable with failing. Mm -hmm. Then we'll get to the part of connecting. So like once you have unblocked, you know, these kind of mental uh, uh, barriers that have get in the way of you being able to collaborate and, and trust your own creativity, then we're going to work on connecting. So really uh, focusing on creating and leveraging connective brilliance, I mean, collective brilliance, sharing your ideas um, and feeling confident sharing your ideas, um, becoming a really good listener because what's so important with collaboration is that you can actually listen and then you can play on whatever people say. Um, and then, you know, within that, having that ability to be responsive and adaptive, right? To work with what you've got and then to keep, you know, keep doing stuff with it. Then um, after that, we're going to talk about combining. So how to like take people's ideas, put them together, make something different. Um, how important actually a diverse, a diversity of thought and a, a diversity within the group is so that you have better and stronger ideas. And then basically, then the fun part is playing. So then how to kind of kind of make a dynamic so that you're actually enjoying the process of combining things with others, that it becomes more like play and less like work, right? And using these improv techniques that I was talking about, and then also kind of having fun with um, putting things on their ears instead of like having trying to make everything be like wonderful and perfect and amazing, like actually embracing stupid ideas and working again with failure and seeing kind of the power that comes from that. Um, and so we'll be we'll be exploring all those things over the over the three days. Um, in each of those sessions. And um, hun, it's just it's just really great. One of the things that I was going to say, actually, back to the energy um, thing, is that there's this really great book that I've read called Restore Yourself by Edie Greenblatt. And she talks about the antidote for professional exhaustion. And what she says in it, kind of the distillation is, is that when you become exhausted, and we have all experienced this sometime over this year, it's because there is an imbalance between restorative activities and tasks and depleting activities and tasks. And that in order to restore yourself, you need to, to rewrite that balance so you have more restorative um, activities and replenishing ones and less depleting ones. One of the things that she says uh, it, that is really helpful is flow states. She actually talks about that. And so one of, like I was saying, one of the reasons why I believe the workshop will be helpful, but that 
creativity in general is so powerful is because practicing kind of leveraging, tapping into um, expressing creativity is a restorative process. And so we'll be um, we'll be actually practicing that, doing that, practicing in that, and then also everybody will leave with a lot of tools that they can use to, first of all, do that within their teams and within their groups, but then also do that for themselves. You're you're doing such a great job of selling the workshop that <laughs> I'm afraid you might have sold me. <laughs> You might, you might see me there, uh, and I'll, I promise to not do too much pain in your ass, but uh, I certainly hope we see some of you who are listening. It's February 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Uh, this is Jacobs, and the name of the workshop is Master Creative Collaboration and Communication. And uh, come over to rosenfeldmedia.com to register. Uh, it's going to be a great experience if uh, what you heard today uh doesn't sell you, I, I don't know what would. Um, before we wrap up, uh, this is my Rosenfeld Media, um, Rosenfeld Review podcast tradition of uh, seeing if my guests have a gift of an interesting piece of content, a person of note that they want to shine a little light on for our audience. You got anything for us today? I do. So I have a book that I recommend plus a practice. So the book is called Around the Writer's Block, and it's by Roseanne Bain. And um, I recommend it because I actually read the book when I had writer's block of writing Banisher and a Critic. I hired her to be my uh, to be my writing coach to get me over the finish line to the last six weeks of uh, that I had to write my book. And one of the things that she recommended, and this is so the so that's the great book and the great practice, but the practice is something that will help restore energy, and it's what I've been talking about. Mm -hmm. One of the things that she recommended, the main thing that she recommended me to do before I wrote in the morning was to spend at least 15 minutes to an hour doing a creative. Uh, activity that involved my hands. So she was like, I don't really care what it is. She was like knitting, crocheting, coloring in a coloring book, sketching, drawing, building something, Lego. Um, I was like, I just want to make earrings. Can I make earrings? And she was like, make earrings, do whatever you want. I started making earrings in the morning before I wrote and by doing that and getting into the zone and getting that focus and just, you know, doing that problem solving, that kind of tangible problem solving with my, my mind and my hands got me into a place where when I sat down to write, I could actually focus. And it was easier for me to actually get into a flow with writing. Incidentally, Teresa Amabile at Harvard has discovered that when you get into a flow state, you can get into a flow state more easily for two days afterwards. Hmm. I call it the flow afterglow. And so when you, I think one of the reasons why I was able to concentrate and focus is because I had reached a flow state in the morning. So it was easier for my brain to get into it again later when I was doing a different kind of task. So 
that's my recommendation to replenish yourself, to restore your energy by giving yourself permission to do something creative with your hands for, like I said, at least 15 minutes a day. Take that little bit of time and do that. And I think it'll help really to replenish your energy in these trying times. My 12-year-old's been nagging me to to get back into Lego with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe I should start listening. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So great to talk with you, Denise Jacobs, uh, who's been teaching a workshop for Rosenfeld Media in early February. uh, And who's just so much fun to talk with. you also enjoy her writing, banishing the critic. Uh, and Denise is one of those people who I think, Molly, I'm sure you love hearing from her, but she'd love to hear from you. Go over to denisejacobs.com uh, and you can follow her on Twitter or Instagram at Denise Jacobs, LinkedIn, Denise R. Jacobs, and uh, Facebook at denisejacobs.com, spelled out. So, She's in a lot of places where people are having conversations and I hope you'll join her. Thanks again, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen. Please check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com.